Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast Empowering Female Leaders for Women Who Want to Thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights, and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Empowering Female Leaders. I am very pleased to welcome Lena Perepelova, who is the founder of Women's Investors Club and of Fund Finance Virtual Business School for Kids. And Lena believes that understanding finance, business and economics by the general public would diminish inequality. And today she will share with us what you can do to have a better finance strategy for your future, maybe for your retirement, and how women actually give themselves this confidence that they act upon it by themselves and that they achieve a future they want to have. So welcome, Lena. I'm very happy to have you here. Do you want to say a few words about yourself? Yes, of course. Thank you, Ulrika, for inviting me. I feel very Happy to be here and humbled that you invited me and to talk to your community. And um, as you already introduced, I have uh, two initiatives on financial education. And one thing I love talking about, about understanding finance and why is it very important. And especially for women, I think uh, with understanding finance comes more confidence and come more choices in life. And so that is why it's very, very important. How did you come up with this topic, Lena? Because um, it is it, it is a role that is very specific, women in finance, and probably many women are aware that women in finance in general is very rare, be it at the corporate level, be it at a private level, what you do for yourself, and how much time we might spend on thinking about our finances, or maybe even less time that we spend on acting upon our finances, truly. Um, how did you come up with your business idea of building uh, the the Women Investors Club? Well, actually, my first business idea was teaching kids about finance, business, and economics. And that was because I realized that our educational system still doesn't teach this at all. And I wanted to fill that gap. And so then I created a program for kids. And while I was working with kids and trying to teach kids about finance and business, um, their mothers actually usually commented saying that, wow, I wish I learned it when I was a kid. And actually, well, actually, I wish I could learn it now. No? And just I, I was known for being able to explain finance in an easy way, uh, since I can explain it to a child. So I was demanded and asked uh, by women to teach them uh, something about finance. So this initiative really came by demand uh, of women. And also as I'm very active investor, I realized that there is very little knowledge about investing. There are very few women who I can talk about investing. Uh, so I decided I, I will teach them first and then I will have my community of women investors. And that brings me to the next question, which is, why is there actually a challenge for women to invest? Because when I speak to women about finance in general or about money, I always realize also it's a bit of a taboo. It's something which we don't speak a lot. Or they tell me, yes, but when I go to 
whatever information sessions about finance, for example, or network events or something like that. There's always such a small part of women, maybe 5% of, of all the participants who come there are women. Why is it like that, in your opinion? There are a few reasons, I think. Um, one reason is that women um, underestimate importance of investing. In, especially in Europe, investing is not seen as something which is essential, which it is, um, but something which, which is very risky and which you might do to be rich. It's kind of like all or nothing game, which is nothing can be less than true, but th this is one thing. And also women, they lack confidence to invest. There are studies about it. We women, we feel less confident to invest. It's not based on lack of our knowledge, but that's part of the overall uh, confidence gap which we have as a woman. Now we are all a little bit perfectionists and uh, we, we believe that we have to know really a lot uh, to start doing something. And that counts for investing. What is the... What are the consequences of this, this behavior of shying back from truly spending time, truly reflecting and digging into the topic of investment and finance for women? What, what is the outcome of this in the long term? Oh, well, the outcome is absolutely drastic. Um, the, we already know about the pay gap. No? So as women, we earn a little bit less. Um, we might take career breaks or because we take care for our kids or for our relatives. Uh, we live longer lives than our partners and, uh, and we invest less or we don't invest. So all this accumulates to and counts that we will have much less wealth than men by the end of our lives. And lots of women, without even realizing it, might have problems to have enough means upon retirement, upon end of their retirement. So investing is a key element for growing wealth for retirement. We will be in retirement for 30 years. Imagine 30 years without income. Um, and um, yeah, we're missing on this game and we might feel very vulnerable when we are, when we are reaching the end of our lives. Yeah, it's a true gap. and. I think mentally we probably try to push this away or postpone it to later. And then we're getting into our 40s and suddenly we're getting into our 50s. And it's, it's really, really getting late to start something and to build something without massively investing it at one point. Um, what are you said there's a confidence gap? I think this is this is a very important point here. And you also said there is a belief that finance is risky. What could be solutions to overcome these two thresholds, these two obstacles? I think the way to overcome this would be to work on your confidence, be very um, proactive on working on your financial confidence. And that comes from uh, building knowledge, having strategy and having discipline and doing something little steps at a time. Mm -hmm. And the other belief about thinking that finance is risky? Um, I guess by nature, by human nature, if we don't know something, we already consider it as risky. Then today in financial industry, 
they have an obligation to have lots of legal disclaimers saying that uh, you might lose your money. And uh, so we see these disclaimers. And then we have a popular financial culture with a a movies about these guys, brokers who lost everything. Uh, so it is also a popular subject. It's not so popular to talk about positive things. So that's kind of the si bad side of the finance we see in the news and in the movies. And we subconsciously probably even remember it. Mm. Is there also maybe some kind of taboo in our society, especially in Europe, um, that we don't want to speak about money? Does this also stand in the way? Well, I think in, in Europe in general, we have this um, built belief that um, as long as we have education and we have a good job and we work hard, um, then we will be provided for. And it is true for the former generations. Now, if we look at the generation of our grandparents, they had very nice state pensions, pensions, their employees provided good pension plans. So in Europe, we were fortunate uh, to be provided by, uh, by our governments and by, um, by the whole social system. So investing was not as critical for Europeans until now, but it definitely is very critical now. Yeah, and I think the awareness isn't there. Or it's probably something that we just don't want to see because it's a very uncomfortable thought when we when we have to actually break up with the belief, which is a positive one in this sense, that our systems will always save us, yeah, in a certain way. And this is maybe not the case in the future. And um, it's a logical demographic thing, actually, that is, this is coming upon us like a tsunami. And, and we kind of know it. It's written in the newspapers uh, that we will have a gap here and it will not work out in the future with the pension funds like it did in the past. And nonetheless, it is always difficult to take these things in our own hands. Now, what could be a start for anyone, women or men alike, obviously, if they want to start to, to, to change that situation, to really take their finance in their own hands, build a financial future that is a long-term strategy, what, what are the first steps they can do? Well, the first step would be to bring your finances in order, and there I actually would um, say understanding your finances, understanding your overall family economy. Um, actually, from, from what I know, very few people I even can say what percentage of their overall income they are saving. Um, majority of women I, I talk to have absolutely no understanding of their pension plans. No, they might have a pension plan with their employee, employer, uh, they might have a private pension plan with the bank, but they never really looked deep into it. They never looked at whether it would be enough for their retirement. They never check what the numbers. So just starting getting acquainted with your numbers and, and not shy away from numbers, because that's that's quite common. I also hear very common. Um, finance is not my thing. Um, and for me, it's you just cannot do this. No, it's it's so essential. Our financial health is essential. Um, we know all that we have um, to be fit. We have to exercise. We have to take care of our nutrition. Well, taking care of our finances is as essential. So you cannot just say it's not for me. It's it's very important. It's for everyone. So looking at your finances is the first step, and educating yourself would be a second step.
Mm-hmm. When it's about educating yourself, I just want to, to say something to whoever listens to to us here, because Lena is doing courses and she will launch one that starts in September, which is a five weeks online course, a live course, but online, um, where you will actually build a strategy and also a financial plan for your future. Now, if someone wants to build a strategy, You know, it's like, oh my God, how can I build a strategy? I have no clue. There's so many things out there. I can invest into crypto, into shares. I can go to my bank and ask them for a plan. And maybe that's the safest thing to do because anyway, then I don't have to care about this. Uh, what would you recommend when it's about building a strategy? How can you imagine that? Because I can imagine, even for me, kind of, it sounds a little bit vague. You know, it's like a, a concept which I can't grasp. Can you help us a bit to explain this? Um, yes, of course. Well, first of all, one tip which I would say uh, to begin with uh, is very important to put finance in your weekly agenda. And uh, if we all put in our agenda 15 minutes to 30 minutes of wealth management, and education will be part of it. So that's already a first step. No, because I, I think the, you start learning, you get overwhelmed, and then you will leave it. And then maybe two months later, you will look at it, you will not remember. So be consistent. No? Incorporate um, piece of learning every week. So that would be very helpful as well, no? that you have a plan and discipline to work on it little by little. Um, never Google investing. Yeah, because I think today Google, my, my kids say like, let's Google it. No, but okay, don't Google investing. There is a fantastic resource which is called Investopedia, like Wikipedia for investing. So if you just go into that resource, there you will learn really a lot about different financial assets and where to start investing. So there, if you look like uh, investing for beginners, whatever you want to search inside there, you will find lots of educational videos. There are books, there are books on investing for beginners. Mm. But also I think it's important to join a community and be surrounded by people who also want to learn investing and who are doing the same thing. There are um, women communities around investing Of course, I will invite to my community, investing is for women, but there are plenty of them. So it's important to have people to talk about, uh, about it, uh, to learn from and to get support. Am I answering your question? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I found the comment or your advice rather, not Googling investing. Very interesting, because I bet that 95% of people would exactly do that first and maybe even last <laughs> to get information. And we do that quite often. It reminds me about when, when you have any physical problem, never Google for medical, medical advice, because that just gives you so much information, what, what, what sicknesses and illnesses and diseases you can have, that at the end you feel even more sick than before. <laughs> And maybe on Google, it's a little bit the same that you get a lot of information, which is just overwhelming, nothing's concrete. And at the end, you're completely confused and come probably to the point that investing is not for you and that it's too complicated and you push it again aside. So it's a very good point. Investopedia, I never heard of it, but I'm, I realize that I'm certainly one of these women who also 
Yeah, that's the strict minimum actually to plan long time ahead um, because I find it boring. Yeah, it's not something that I like. <laughs> how, can, how can this become somehow more passionate for women? Do you have any experience? You have your own community and there are many ladies in there who discuss about, about finance. Can you maybe describe a little bit what happens when you start to speak with others, to exchange ideas, knowledge, tips, advice, whatever is exchanged in this community? What happens to the person itself or herself when it comes to her mindset about finance in your community? Well, the, what happens, is, and I see it every time. I see, I, see, I see it every time at the end of the course. I see it in the group. The moment women start understanding Uh, no, they understand what are the investment assets. They start to understand a little bit financial jar jar jargon. There is this feeling of empowerment, no? And it's like, wow, I understand that. There is such a boost of confidence. Um, you go to your bank and you're able to discuss things. Uh, and you're able to ask questions. Uh, you talk to somebody who says something which before you wouldn't even tune, you would kind of avoid listening because you don't understand what it's about. Today, you pick up the words, you actually understand what is it about. It's um, it's so important. You feel confident, you feel empowered, and actually it's not so boring because in investing, we invest and we talk about businesses around us. Because we are surrounded by businesses and you kind of start, uh, it start making much more sense, the whole economic world around us. And learning economics and learning about it is really, really interesting. I'm biased, I know. But, uh, but I do see it in women who would say it was not for me, uh, that they really start getting excited and interested. Let's come back to what we, you said earlier that we should invest 15 to 30 minutes per week in our, did you say in our finance planning? Uh, in, and you said including education. It was also including education. Can you explain a bit more if, if you say we have 30 minutes, what would be ideally, how do we spend these more or less exactly? Well, I have a name for it. I call it wealth management. Yeah, that was it. Exactly. And you have to put it in your agenda as wealth management. I think it's very important because it kind of emphasizes importance of it. And, um, and it is important, right? And um, this time would be split between doing some things around your finances, not doing these financial errands you never find time to do looking at your credit cards, uh, at your bank statements, um, canceling th things and the subscriptions which are there and which you want to cancel, you, you always forget. Um, so first you kind of do things to maybe save a little bit money. Then you start thinking how, what to do with all your savings, because we have to realize that our savings are losing value. Um, 1,000 euro we have today will be only worth 640 euro in 20 years. So it's huge. So any savings we have, have, have to grow, have to give us income. Uh, and then another part on education. So, so that's kind of three things. How can I save money? How I can earn money and what I can learn? What do you think about reading books about finance? Is this helpful? 
I think it's helpful, yes. And I know lots of women who educated themselves from books. Um, there are obviously different types of books. And um, depending on whether you are, I think getting knowledge is not necessarily that you will start investing. Then investing has kind of lots of hurdles which you have to overcome. But uh, starting from reading books is, is reading books is useful and important. So it's a nice mix actually in this half hour between, let's say, a normal management of what's going on with your credit card, with the current spendings and all of that. But on the other side, also educating yourself and taking decisions, certainly taking decisions of how you invest better or maybe a little bit more than before. Um, and there's, there's this part when I think about investing, we said in the beginning that there is a belief about uh, finance is, uh, is risky. Where does this belief in your opinion come from? And how do you help women to remove this belief? Well, um, the one, the only way to diminish risk is to diversify or to say in a simple words, you never put all your money in one, uh, all your eggs in one basket, right? Yeah. So, uh, investing is risky because some of your investments might not be successful and might be losing some money. But if you have different investments, it's, it's pretty difficult to lose all your money at once. And, uh, and also what the stories we hear about financial managers uh, who really go bankrupt, no? who suicide and all these horrible stories, we have to understand that this is not regular people doing it. Uh, we were talking about people also borrowing money to invest. So that's, that's, that's another kind of game and we shouldn't uh, look at it. So investing, if there are enough strategies where you don't risk too much, and as long as it's long-term, as long as you have a long-term horizon, you don't have to lose money. Mm, yeah, exactly. It is this not freaking out when you lose the value of your shares or whatever you have invested uh, one or two years after investing and then, then just wait probably for a while. And maybe it's also about understanding the difference between short-term investments, mid- or long-term investments and some things, especially the risky ones, most of the time are long-term investments. Uh, that brings me to another point. Um, if we if you don't like that, you know, can we can can we just take a, a consultant, a financial coach, go to our bank and just give it away and say, hey, this is the amount that I have per year. Do whatever you want, make the best out of it you can, and then just leave this to someone else. Wouldn't that be a comfortable solution to just give it to a professional? It would be great, and the world would be such a wonderful place if it was so easy. And actually. One thing I, uh, we need to understand and educate ourselves is what kind of returns we should be expecting. And uh, lots of risk and lots of um, and losing comes from expecting too much. And uh, so, so some people expect to double their money in one year. You, you cannot expect to double your money in one year. And if you try to do that, then you start doing risky things and you might lose it. 
Um, if somebody can do do it for you, um, you have to understand what can uh, the basics of finance to hire any financial professional. Um, there is this a little bit of a, mi a misunderstanding that banks they are like hospitals, but they are not. Banks are businesses, and they want to make profit for themselves, and they want to earn money for themselves. So they never pledged to take care of your financial health. Majority of bank employees are very successful salespeople and they offer you products. And you have to be able to understand which products you will buy from them because you are buying products from them and uh, what fees they charge you and um, and what returns you will expect. So it's, it's not just going there and here are my money, please make me rich. Mm, unfortunately, it's, it's not working like that. It's maybe we should see this then like um, if, for example, you hire someone in your team at your work, be it if you're an entrepreneur or in a corporate role, if you hire someone for your team, you delegate to this person, but before delegating, you are able to evaluate if it's the right profile, if it's the right fit, and you understand what this person is doing, means when he or she is delivering on their projects, you, you can evaluate if this is good enough because you understand what they are doing. And I think this is what you're saying when it comes to when you work with financial advisors who are external people that you cannot just give it away, something which is so important for your future or for your current life already, and just give it away to someone without understanding what actually you're giving away and without having any understanding if this person is doing a good or a bad job. And I think that's what, that's what I understood. And I think this is an important thing to understand that it, it is, it is, we should see it as our own accountability totally. And even if we are not experts, we still can educate ourselves. And this brings me back to an important point, what you said before, we have to educate ourselves on this topic, no matter if you find it boring or if we're not passionate about it or we shy away and maybe by digging deeper into it, it's something where well, finally, we find it interesting and we probably find a few very exciting ways and exciting outlooks for our future. And the other thing which I like very much is to join a community because that makes a huge difference, obvious. Um, if you do it all alone, I mean, you will give up very quickly. Maybe already you read the first book and after the first 20 pages, it's like, oh, pff, yeah, <laughs> it's not my thing. But if you... Do it with other people. It's different. It's a little bit like if you start doing sports or losing weight. It's great if you have a community who's encouraging you. That is why some certain companies, which I don't want to mention, work very well with this weight loss thing because it's all based on community and on mutual motivation and encouragement and, and sharing experiences and by this growing mutually. And this is something that maybe in finance is not happening often enough, at least not also in some female communities where, where we could do much more for ourselves in there. So, Lena, I thank you very much. Our time is already running <laughs> and we are coming to the close to this talk. Is there thank maybe you one so last much important message or one talk. last thought that you want to if share you with the subscribed audience? subscribed yet, click here. Follow us on Instagram. I just want to say to everyone that you know much more about finance than you very think. Much looking forward to having uh, you, you can on board. Do it you for yourself. Just take some time. And together, and put we it can in your make heart. a difference. And See you um, next time. have fun with it a little bit also. It, it doesn't have to be uh, boring. It's interesting subject. Find fun people to do it with and, uh, and enjoy it.
This was another episode of Empowering Female Leaders. What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I'm excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.